talent is great, but talent on the wrong team will either drag that talent down or if you have too many people all trying to be the star, will end up stumbling over each other and what looks like a high performing team will underperform. Hey leader, David Burke is here, organizational psychologist and author of four best-selling books on helping leaders and teams do their best work ever. And in this episode, we're gonna talk about the four characteristics of high-performing teams. What makes some teams more successful than others? What leads to teams that consistently deliver great performance versus teams that look good but maybe don't perform as well as we expected. Well, a number of years ago, a group of organizational psychologists and internal organizational development and HR people at, of all firms, Google, sought to answer that question. They studied teams from all over the company in a variety of different work settings, a variety of different locations, and a variety of different types of teams. And what they sought to find out was what explained the difference between high-performing teams and less high-performing teams. Now, they called the project Project Aristotle, and they came up with a number of characteristics that explained high-performing teams. Interestingly enough, things like talent weren't a part of what explained a high-performing team. Talent is great, but talent on the wrong team will either drag that talent down or if you have too many people all trying to be the star will end up stumbling over each other and what looks like a high performing team will underperform. Instead, it wasn't talent and it wasn't any of the other traditional markers that we think. And in this episode, we'll outline four things that it was based on the research not only from Project Aristotle, but from further research into high performing teams that's been conducted ever since then. Let's get started. The first characteristic of a high-performing team is that they have defined roles and responsibilities. They have role clarity, to use a term from organizational psychology. This means that everybody on the team knows what they're supposed to be working on and has a clear idea of the deadlines of what they're supposed to be working on, but it also means they know what everyone else is working on. This does a couple of different things. First of all, I mean, it's pretty obvious if you know exactly what you're supposed to be working on, you're more likely to get it done. But if you know how that fits into the larger whole, if you know what other people are working on, you know how to make sure that your work is the deliverable that they need to do their best work. The other thing that this does, if it's done on a constant basis, if these defined roles and responsibilities come with regular updates on activity, it prevents things like unforeseen project pivots. You ever been in one of these situations? You're working on a project with a couple different team members and one person realizes they need to pivot they don't tell anyone else and as a result, everyone else labors over here thinking they know what the goal looks like and this one person just goes off. And then when we finally come back together, we find out that mm, it's gonna take more work just to get this to work. Making sure we have defined roles and responsibilities and making sure we have regular updates on that activity. Not just updates to the team leader, but team-wide updates on the activity makes for a high-performing team because it makes the work work. It makes it more efficient and it makes it more likely that it's gonna come in on time, under budget, and deliver a fantastic performance. The next characteristic of a high-performing team is they know each other's strengths and weaknesses. If role clarity is sort of the hard stuff of being on a team, this is the soft stuff of being on a team that actually collaborates well together. Knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses means they know what each other is good at, they know what they can rely on each other to really excel for, and then they also know what different members of the team lack in terms of development. This can, this can help the team in a couple different ways. I mean, the first is that 
it, it's a misconception that a team is strong just because everybody is a high performer. A strong team, a high performing team, is a team where different people bring different strengths to the table. Those strengths offset the weaknesses of people elsewhere in the team. And as a result, you have a team that performs really well together because if they know each other's roles and responsibilities and also their strengths and weaknesses, they can assign tasks properly. The other thing it does is it makes help easier. When we're aware of where everyone on, this, on the team's strengths are, what their past experiences are, what their huge you know, areas of expertise are, we know who to go to for help. I mean, it's, it, if we just knew our weaknesses and we knew everybody else's strengths, we would still have a better performing team than average because we would know who to go for for help. But if you know everybody's strengths and weaknesses, then help becomes something that's pro-offered, not something that has to be asked for all the time. And as a result, the work gets even better. The next characteristic of a high-performing team is that they trust and respect each other. In other words, there's a high degree of psychological safety on a team. If you trust and respect the other people on your team, you are more likely to submit those crazy ideas in a brainstorming session. You're more likely to take risks. You're more likely to speak up when you disagree with the rest of the group, potentially save them from going down a false consensus towards a disastrous path. You're more likely, as I said, to take risks that even include failure because you know that, hey, let's say failure is feedback, right? You know that there are learning opportunities from that, so you're willing to share the failures that you had. That not only leaves you even more willing next time to take risks, but leaves everyone on the team even more knowledgeable about what's going on. And unfortunately, most teams don't have a high level of trust and respect. Most teams are quick to provide excuses when they fail. Most teams are quick to shift blame when they fail. And instead of just trying to figure out who dropped the ball, high-performing teams try and figure out how we can pick that back up, learn from why it fell, and keep charging down the field. And this takes not only a, a collaborative environment on the team, it starts with a strong leader, a high-performing leader who recognizes that they need to model vulnerability to demonstrate that they trust and respect the team. This is one area, the civil behavior that leads to psychological safety is one area where leadership really sets the tone and other people take their cues off of it. So pay attention to how well the degree of trust and respect is going on your team and then look to yourself. Are you modeling that trust and respect or do you need to do a little bit of work here in order to get the team working better together later? And the last characteristic of a high-performing team is they know how their work fits the mission. They have in organizational psychology literature what we call task significance. They know the significance of the work that they're doing. Now this could be large and small. So sometimes it's enough task significance just to know how your work serves the greater team and how that team's work fits into the larger puzzle of the organization. If you can see how the work that you're doing is helping other people do better work, that's a strong motivator. That makes it not only more likely on an individual level that you are going to deliver high performance, but it makes it more likely as a team that you're gonna to come together and really deliver something great. Even better if you can connect that task significance all the way to the end result. If you can show why we as an organization exist, who do we serve? Whose life do we make easier? What industry are we trying to change or to disrupt? What is that larger mission? This doesn't mean you need everybody on the team to be able to recite the mission statement and the purpose statement and all that sort of stuff. Although that may be worthwhile, what you need is to connect the work they're doing every single day to that larger mission. 
you need to make sure that everybody knows how just responding to that email and including the attachment sometimes is still part of moving forward, part of making progress on that greater mission. I think one of the best ways you can do this is make sure you know who to point to at any given time who is affected by the work that we do, and who benefits from the work that we do. If you in a leadership role can always be pointing back to this project we're working on matters because it helps these people either internally do their best work or externally in the customers or the stakeholders that we serve have a better life. If you can always point it back to that who, you can do a great job showing how the individual tasks fit this larger mission and help the whole organization do their best work. Now you notice what's not on this list. As we said at the top, talent isn't necessarily on this list because talent that doesn't understand it has weaknesses as well and doesn't know the strengths and weaknesses of the rest of the team is virtually useless. Believe it or not, diversity is not on this list. Diversity is hugely important, yes, but if you don't have trust and respect, if you don't have psychological safety, then you don't have people bringing the benefit of that diversity. So yes, we need to focus on those traditional things. We need to focus on team building and talent and diversity of ideas, we definitely do. But these characteristics are leader modeled behaviors that if we don't have them on the team, all of these other elements that we think we can add to the team are going to be in vain. So get started on these four characteristics. Get started helping the team better define roles and responsibilities. Get started helping each individual better understand the knowledge, skills, abilities, strengths and weaknesses, and yes, the diversity of the team. Get started building trust and respect on the team and get started pointing out how the work fits the mission and you will get started on taking your team to another level of performance. You will get started on building a high performing team that helps everyone do their best work ever. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And while you're there, leave a rating and review because it helps share these messages with many, many or people. And if you really liked it and you want to go deeper, then check out the amazing resources we have for you at davidberkuscom slash resources. Guaranteed there's something in there that'll help you or your team do your best work ever.